Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. Moving on to the conversation now, we were talking about this earlier. Um, Kenya and USA are due to open another round of talks as we gear towards signing a new trade pact between Kenya and America. And this is what we want to talk about, the pros and cons of the proposed Kenya-US trade pact. We are joined now by Edgar Odari, who is the executive director of Econews Africa. Edgar has been here before. Good morning, Edgar. Good morning, Eric. Welcome to the Situation Room again. Asante. Kenya's biggest conversation. Now, um, of course, the last time you were here, we were talking about the Kenya-UK pact. Yes. Uh, we were talk- we've also looked at, you know, how all these pacts are affecting us. Yes. Our trade and our trade with our friends and neighbors yes. in the East African community. Yes. So today we'll talk about the this one that was there we in the Trump We also talked about the at some point, you remember? Yes, we talked about this Congo as well. joining the East African community. Yes. Yes. So, new bilateral trade agreement between Kenya and the United States. Um, this is basically the conversation that's going to be taking place this week. Yes. It's a big one. Yes. Give us the background of this and what's happening this week. So, um, the United States, way back, I think two years ago, started off, they wanted to negotiate under Trump a complete free trade agreement with Kenya. Then they started off those discussions, but, you know, whatever happened, happened, and Trump was not elected. And uh, the new U.S. trade representative, Catherine Tai, sat down and decided to narrow the scope of the agreement Mm -hmm. from a full-length free trade agreement to what they're calling the Strategic Trade and Investment Partnership. Mm. So it's a more narrowed-down conversation and um, they're not doing what we call market access. We're not providing market access to Americans to be able to access the market. So that's how it is. So that's the difference. There's a difference. A free trade agreement Mm. with the US would have been a much bigger scope. Like a complete, you know, all the chapters that they usually negotiate would have gone there. But this is a more narrower scope. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm strong. When you say narrow, yes, why don't you walk us through what a full free trade area agreement would involve? So a full so that one understands what it is. A full FTA um, has a number of chapters. So one of the major chapters is it has investment. Mm-hmm. So for example, this agreement that they are discussing with Kenya does not have investment as one of the chapters. They are discussing, I think, agriculture, digital trade, labor, women and youth. Yes, about uh, about 11 chapters. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, of what use then is that agreement if there's no investment and there are all these components are mentioned? So, how do they benefit from this so-called free Muga, let me tell you. The full American invasion in terms of a trade agreement it's a monstrosity so you know you're better off even china you know when they're discussing and having this um discussions with china they actually decided to narrow down 
and you say in the first round you're going to negotiate up to this point because it's a whole range of negotiations it's a whole range of negotiations and you have a number of things that are discussed there so if you try to chew everything at once you won't finish it's, it's very huge mm. yes so what's happening this week so this week uh it's uh, they had a round in washington now um the assistant united states trade representative connie hamilton is in nairobi this week leading her team to negotiate another round of negotiations with kenya so for the whole of this week they'll be mm. discussing you know I, i think they are they've been setting the scene for a while mm. now i think the us has come up with its texts they've developed what they're calling negotiation texts they now want to share with kenya and say this is the way we should be discussing and they we have a ones, bit of, the ones were deciding the texts for us to trade with them they've developed texts i am not sure i've not seen any effort from the kenyan so we don't mm. why well that's the question we should be asking ourselves why should we use a template that has been developed by the united states to discuss trade you know you're negotiating and they've already made the first move by giving texts i don't see i don't see a problem with them coming with their texts we should develop ours also there has to be a counter yes you see they want to trade this is what they would like that's it's like a proposal yes it's like a proposal so should we have ours as well we should yes you yes. know this whole conversation sounds like it's it's a russia thing so we first had a round where <laughs> we went to their place now they are coming to, our, coming place. to our place so what happened when we went to their place what what did we talk about and what are we supposed to it, do it now was, when they come um, to our place what's the difference it was like deciding the scope of what they're going to decide mm -hmm. what they're going to be discussing so they look at the scope and say okay uh, we have a full fta we were discussing but from the full fta we want to narrow down and say we want to discuss one two three four five six seven okay up to 11 mm -hmm. topics okay so yes. the two teams the kenyan team and the american team mm -hmm. agreed now on yes. the 11 topics yes that's what happened in the us yes. in the washington conversations yes, yes. so um, now what's expected to happen in the nairobi conversation what is expected to happen is um according to i was speaking to the deputy chief negotiator mm. and she was saying they're still setting the scene so it's not very clear but i think they've now come with their texts i'm assuming mm -hmm. they've come with their texts and uh, they'll share the texts then they decide how to move on from that point okay yes. who are the people negotiating for us not necessarily the individuals but yeah. what do they represent which ministry um, uh, is their private sector involved uh, <laughs> no private sector is not involved and what? that's the irony eh? um let me tell you for example in the digital service in the digital trade chapter 12 of the 15 negotiators from the us are industry representatives makes perfect sense you know google amazon and the likes lobbyists they are the ones negotiating and you know it's very it's a very risky thing because but they're the businessmen no 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 can you imagine we we've said when i started speaking about this i said mm -hmm. kenya is negotiating with the us government mm -hmm. but i've told you 12 of those negotiators are actually, are actually private, sector private sector yes characters yes so we are we, well, and you know, there's not going to be there's not going to be oversight by the congress this time because what we are calling the trade promotion authority has expired in the US where congress is supposed to oversight the negotiation of trade agreements so this time we are negotiating with the private sector directly okay and we are negotiating trade deals in which the private sector will play a key role and the private sector is not represented when we're negotiating no <laughs> okay yes right so what's a complement of our representation um there's uh, the ps he's the chief negotiator the ps what foreign affairs or trade ps trade okay 
there's a state law office that's the deputy chief negotiator mm-hmm. nice some nice lady pauline charo mm-hmm. there's um so that's the then you have sectoral leads okay. based on those chapters you have sectoral leads so there's someone who's leading the digital sub digital trade chapter okay. there's someone leading agricultural sector and all that so it's cascading that into all the chapters mm-hmm. yes and uh, these people have a wealth of experience in negotiating such deals yes the fellows from kenya so i'm um, the next question i'm going to ask you yes. what, what have they negotiated in the past uh they have negotiated the european union economic partnership agreement with the east african community and um you know <laughs> i used to work under i don't know if you know miss um odorongwen mm. odorongwen is the executive director for odm Mm-hmm. That was my boss when I used to work at the Southern and Eastern African Trade Institute. And um because he was busy advising the Honorable Raila Odinga, he gave me a fast row seat in terms of those negotiations. And you know, you get to see the reality of how these negotiations are actually carried out. And it's very interesting by the way, because you know, you come to realize this idea of getting access to those texts and negotiating in good time it gives you a chance to respond you almost responding it's like you're responding in real time mm. in these negotiations otherwise if we don't have that kind of mechanism so like now the way the kenyan stakeholders have been locked out of those negotiations then the americans are saying no the text can only be handled by government that's a problem yeah but they are saying the text can only be whatever it is can only be yes. handled by the government yes. and yet they themselves have had private sector within the negotiation yes and that private sector contribution is what has formed that text is that not so yes and what about ours did we have private sector involved at our own level at any level at whatever level i think i have spoken to kepsa uh, kenya private sector alliance and my sense i might be wrong they don't seem to have a foothold into this conversation as much as they would mm. then we have a problem yes. as much as they'd like to that's my take of it uh-huh. based on my conversations with them mm. um, they're not here to talk about it themselves so that's my take on it mm. yes you know the, the thing that worries me though huh? here we are building an east african community here we are building an africa free trade area yes okay yes would we not be in a far better position yes. negotiating with the us if we negotiated either as the east african community or as the africa free trade leverage you now have it you've gotten it smuga you know let me tell you the economy of california is 300 times bigger than kenya hmm? california alone yes california the economy of california's gdp is much bigger than africa combined now we are not even negotiating with california we are negotiating with the us itself the whole of the us you know when you trade um when i told you i used to work at siatini Mm. So at Siatini there's a professor is called Yash Sandon. He's written a book. It's called Trade is War. Mm. You know the way trade is negotiated is like you're fighting a war. Mm. And if you look at the way he argues, he says, eh, mm. when you're having these negotiations, mm. it's like you're pitting you can't pit a superpower against a developing or country. You know, you can't. It's like a boxing match. You put heavyweights with heavyweights. But you don't get a featherweight mm-hmm. and pit them against a heavyweight. You mm-hmm. see Vita Bwana. Okay. That's a massacre. So let's look. Let's 
why did we begin this conversation why did we begin why did we have a need to have a new trade negotiation in america so kenya kenya has been trading under what we call the africa growth and opportunity act yeah it was done in 2000 by bill clinton and um, that agreement is it's an act actually it's not even an agreement mm -hmm. it's an act of uh, the US Congress mm -hmm. it was passed that year it is expiring in 2025 mm -hmm. we've been trading under that regime for a long time what does it give us access to? it gives us access to about 2,000 6,500 tariff lines tariff lines are basically products you can export to the US mm -hmm. but what has happened during this situation is mm -hmm. we've only been able to exploit about 11% of those tariff lines mm -hmm. since we started exporting As a country yes so the question i'm asking if on a free level before we go there yes so agoa was enacted in 2020 no 2000 when 2000 yes. rather yeah with the 25 year timeline it was extended actually it was supposed to expire before but it was extended, it was extended again to 2025 yes um was it only with kenya was it only benefiting kenya or was it benefiting? 40 40 african countries okay yes but there was no negotiation there's no negotiation to it the lateral thing by the US. It was just America looking at saying how we can support these small guys. Yes. And they came up with it. Yes. So ahead of the expiry of this AGOA yes. in 2025 yes. is why now the need to have to maintain access to the American market. But yeah. the other African countries also need access to the American okay. market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they can do that. Yes. But it's where Kenya saw a need to run ahead and maintain this i don't it, this it's deal. madness did was it kenya that initiated this talk or was it kenya and america that initiated let it me off? tell you the funny story chief okay kenya at some point even paid lobbyists to convince the u.s government to negotiate with it okay Honestly. so kenya took the front row seat kenya basically took this thing and so and so 2025 is coming we don't have a new deal coming up can we at least secure ourselves a market in america but why can they secure as a region no 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 is that true it's true it's, that's yes. what that's yes. what happened yes okay yes has any other african country any other of the 11 or so african country that will benefit from a 40 or so african countries has any of them initiated talks with america they are pushing for the extension of agoa those countries again that, for another extension for another work. extension mm. or at least if it doesn't happen to be an extension mm. to negotiate as a block you know we now have the continental free trade agreement okay we i'm assuming that is too big to negotiate because you have too many interests aligning mm. we can negotiate at the east african community and let have, me tell you have have other countries in east africa come up and said can we what i'm asking is yes kenya initiated conversations yes and said let's go ahead and start negotiating yes, with america yes okay yes i'm just giving benefit of the doubt here and thinking kenya maybe didn't just wake up and think let's run ahead of the others it's because of looking at the neighbors and seeing what the neighbors are sleeping on the job has any other east african country approached kenya or gone to the east african community summit yes. and said let's open a negotiation they haven't has any other east african country gone to america and said let's have conversations with you not ahead of knowledge. 2025 not to my knowledge so then kenya is basically but now instead of okay let's say you need to look at a continuity mechanism to continue with the goa yeah why not approach your colleagues first your compatriots why not approach the other countries and tell them guys we need to negotiate beyond 2025 so why can't we come together you see you don't run to americans first you run to your neighbors and tell them guys let's negotiate kenya has not done that 
So if they had made that effort and then Uganda and Tanzania and Congo refused, then you can tell me by the way, we have tried. Since Kenya started, yes. Has any of the other countries come up to say, "Hey, no, we'd like to join this conversation?" There are mamas, there are countries that are saying Kenya is doing the wrong thing. Okay. Have they has any of them said, "How about Kenya? We join this conversation?" None because they're looking at extension of Agoa. They don't want to negotiate. You see, let me tell you. Uh, the US is a giant. This is a David versus Goliath situation. Mm. So you don't wake up and tell a giant, "Oh, by the way, uh let's sit and negotiate how we are going to have this." No, you don't do that. You tell them, "Can you extend the grace period you gave me for us to continue?" You do that. That's what you do. I think it's a mistake. But how many how many times do you want to push for an extension? <laughs> as long as they can accept it. Look, this is not a fair it's like i told you it's yeah. like a heavyweight versus a bantamweight okay and you're pitting them together so if you can get an extension before you start fighting mm. like i told you trade is war mm. you extend that fight until you're able to grow meanwhile you're eating your meals three times a day to make sure that you umeshiba vizuri mm. to be able to sustain the fight <laughs> other 40 countries have approached america kichinichini one one and said please extend agoa yes What has America's response been? America has said they're not going to extend. The conversation is if you talk to government they say no, we are not going to extend Agoa, but if you talk to Congress, there's a willingness in the US Congress to extend Agoa beyond 2025. Some 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 of those legislators are willing. Mm. So the executive are the ones who do, are not willing, but their parliament is willing. Yes. And parliament is the one that does Agoa. Parliament is the one that does everything in that country. Yes. The ones who even allocate funds, the ones, as I said, the ones who do everything. Yes, yes. You know the thing that I don't understand is how it is that a big country like America would find it useful to deal with this banana republic called Kenya mm. and give it so much importance. I I don't understand what is it that we have that makes it so important for them to want to, 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 to you know I to have this. I can speculate. Can I speculate? Mm. Yeah. The, mini the Minister of Mining last week announced the discovery of, I think, 290 minerals. They announced last week the discovery. Did they tell us when they discovered these minerals? They've been doing, there was an aerial survey, geomagnetic survey, something. <laughs> there was a survey that was done. Yeah. When? We've discovered minerals, so many minerals in about 15 counties. So my guess, if I was to guess, I would say... Uh, They've discovered minerals. That's why the American Chamber of Commerce is busy making noise all over, saying, "Oh, we need to invest in Kenya and all that." They've seen minerals. That's what I would guess because they are doing the same thing in Congo. Let me tell you the funny thing: the U.S. Let me just say this, and I know I'm right. I don't stand to be. The U.S. is <laughs> the don't most. Don't stand to be corrected. Yes, I don't stand to be corrected. <laughs> the U.S. is the most selfish country on earth. Explain what you mean. In the U.S., so uh, in um, you, you know about Adam Smith. You, you said Adam Smith developed yeah, well, the book about yeah, yeah, yeah. wealth of nations. Yeah, so Adam Smith talks about um, it, in his theory. He talks about if you want a country to grow well, you must appeal to the selfish interests of each person. Hmm. If each country appeals to its own selfish interests, you'll be able to grow. Hmm. That is a problem. Now the Americans have refined this further into game theory. Game theory is basically pure maths. Wanafanya mathematic. What they do, they do something called um let me find the name for it. Um zero sum game. Zero sum game theory. So zero sum game muga means for me to gain, you have to lose. The only way I'm able to gain something is, is for you lose, to lose. You That's the game Americans play. 
but now there's someone else i don't know if you know you know the works of john nash he is a nobel prize economist he did some work on wonderful work on mathematics for the moment there i thought he was a musician yes mm-hmm. no 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 john nash there's a movie done about it have you watched the movie mm-hmm. a beautiful mind mm. yes that's the guy mm. so john nash says uh, john nash now contradicted he contradicted adam, adam smith, smith and said adam smith was wrong he said you have to look at the selfish interest and the common good let me explain something he gave an example if uh, it's a very crude example but it's an example he gave it's done in the movie so you have three guys in a bar they want to get laid you get then four girls appear into the bar it's four girls walk into the bar now out of those four girls how crude is this joke on a girl no it's not very crude it's not very crude okay yeah <laughs> So four 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 girls appear yeah. in the bar. Mm. Now, out of those four girls, one is very beautiful. Now, if you take if you interpret this according to Adam Smith, each one of them will say I want the most beautiful girl. So that will mean one of them will get laid and two of them will not get laid. <laughs> But if you interpret it according to John Nash, it means they'll now say okay, let's not go for the most beautiful girl. Let's go for the three other girls. And all of them will get laid. Mm. That's John Nash. That's Let's take a break on that note. 28 <laughs> minutes to 8. This is uh, Kenya's biggest conversation. The situation room. Edgar Odari is the executive director of Econews Africa. We're talking about the pros and cons of the proposed Kenya-America trade pact. It's called the Strategic Trade and Investment Partnership. This is the Situation Room. The only way to start your day. We are here with Edgar Odari, Executive Director of Econews Africa, talking about the pros and cons of the proposed strategic trade and investment partnership. A delegation from the United States of America is in the country this week to continue with conversations with the Kenyan delegation. So Kenyan delegation had visited America when again, Edgar? So I think January if I'm not wrong earlier this year yes uh, Kenyan delegation went and now in these negotiations the dowry negotiations so now they are coming to our home yes now they are coming here for further conversations the delegation that is coming to Kenya yes how many people does it comprise I am not sure but it's a large delegation mm. so for example the digital trade chapter has like I told you 12 negotiators from the private sector that's digital chapter alone digital trade chapter alone are they part of the negotiations or are they accompanying the negotiators they are part This of their negotiators they are negotiators the private sector yes i don't know you know the way the americans work i, I don't, don't understand how they work <laughs> so you have 12 negotiators in the digital trade chapter coming from lobbyists in the digital trade industry mm. you know the googles the amazons and the likes mm. And you know that would mean at least let's also put capsa if you mm. ask me why can't we also put capsa in those negotiations and have them Edgar, are you sure that the private sector is involved in I am this? very sure I am very sure So the de- that in the delegation the conversation in the room yes will be officials from the government of Kenya and from the ac- across, the, been across the table, negotiators eh? across the table on yes. the other side yes. will be private sector no they are not called private sector they've been given designation to desig- to negotiate on behalf of government so assuming when so assuming uh, let's say the government wants to make edgar a negotiator yeah. i am given official credentials and i become a negotiator when i go there i don't go as edgar from economics africa i go as edgar representing, representing the government, the of, government Kenya. of Kenya. Okay. So that's what is happening. Okay. Yes. And Kenya all the people on the other side are civil servants. Yes. 
Do we have within the civil service people who are known to be good negotiators? Yes. Because you know it's a skill. It's not that you've got a job so you go negotiate. Uh -uh. Let me tell you. Kenya has negotiators. I'll give you yes. an example. There's Ambassador Nelson Dirangu. He's the immediate former chair of the competition authority. Yes. Mm -hmm. He just left. Uh, they, you know, government is changing so they put in their people. Mm. He's a really, he used to be a negotiator in Geneva at the WTO level. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you ask me, you know, he's retired, but if it was up to me, by the way. He's experienced enough. Yes. Okay. I would put such a guy in the negotiation table. You don't, you know, just because someone is retired, you don't throw out your best minds because that you want to, you are in a new government. I mean, who advises? Was he it? part of the, or the conversation? You're jumping. Are you saying he's not in the conversation? He's not. He's not. And the people in the conversation, I think that's what CT is asking. Uh, do they have the requisite pedigree to actually negotiate? No, they're actually qualified. It's so just that. Having a job, having a designation doesn't qualify you as a good negotiator. It doesn't. Especially if your appointment is political. What it means is that you have the fundamental requirements for that position. That's a given. So as, as, for whether, as to whether you are a negotiator, that is a completely different story. So let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. If you take Alfred Komodo, who's the PS trend, mm -hmm. as the chief negotiator, and you take the pedigree of Ambassador Nelson Dirango, mm -hmm. it's like you're weighing different things. You're comparing apples to bananas. They're okay. not the same pedigree. Okay. And to what China did, if you look at China was negotiating with the US for a trade agreement, they brought in some nice experienced guy this is like a veteran mm. he would not speak he advises the juniors and they go negotiate 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 then they come back to him and, and, report. Report. and when he he doesn't speak but when he speaks his word is final that kind of negotiation okay that's how you do it but on our team we have people who have participated in negotiations before yes in trade negotiations yes but i don't see a team that usually you know i was like i told you i because of my work at Sietini kenya i participated in trade negotiations under the east african community european union uh economic partnership agreement the team that negotiated there is not i, I don't see them mm. let me ask you this question this european union pact understanding negotiated yes. what was it about it was a trade agreement between the EU and the East African community. Okay. Yes. Meaning what? Well, uh, when we trade with the EU, what do we give them? What do they give us? How do we benefit? So no, when you trade with the EU... Where's the benefit? When you trade with the EU, we... Like, let's look at horticulture. Mm -hmm. We supply a lot of flowers to the EU. We supply fruits and vegetables and whatnot to the EU. And they're benefiting a lot of people. So we flowers, fruits, and vegetables. Yes, that's, that's the example I can get. Okay. But then the EU was asking for so much. So, for example, they're asking us to remove our export taxes. If you remove export taxes, what does that mean? You are only able to export raw materials, because if you put export taxes, it means for you to export raw cashew nuts, we slap you with a tax. Mm -hmm. Raw macadamia nuts, mm -hmm. we slap you with a tax. Tell you you have to add value locally. Mm -hmm. If you add value locally, you are employing people. more people. More people. Yes. Yes. So, like, they were able to get that concession out of us. We removed export taxes in the agreement. Um, we were not able to protect. There was a clause about protection of infant industries. Mm. They, we gave that away. So, I don't like the agreement. So, that, what exactly were we negotiating? 
You were represented by Edgar Askim. No, no, no. I he was gave, not representing. I was just uh, cogging the wheel. <laughs> no, you guys were there to just give them things. We made these noises. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes when you Is make that, noise. No, City, let me tell you something. Sometimes when you make noise and you are loud, someone looks at you and says, this is a madman. But there's a method to the madness. You get my point? Sometimes you don't, you know, when we raise some of these issues, we're not raising them because we want to antagonize government. We are saying, look. All right. Yes. Let me ask a more specific question. Yes. In this group of people who are negotiating for Kenya, and in the, no, let's start with your group, because yes. you participate in it. How many people did you have in that group who had read, understood the thinking and the philosophy behind European Union negotiations? <laughs> Well, we had, we, what they did, the European Union employed a negotiator for us. He was called, I think, Bernard Kagira. He was paid by the EU to help us negotiate. <laughs> no, it's the truth. I have to tell you. <laughs> it's not me telling. It's, it's, not, it's not my choice, but that's the, way the, the, that's the way it was. Then we had, so we had other people negotiating in the room and a lot of, we had sectoral meetings and the European Union, you know, to be fair, by the way, the EU negotiation was a bit better because we had access to those texts and I would go to talk to experts who were in the field and tell them, by the way, we have this thing we are negotiating. Can you tell us what this is? You know, yes. let me tell you why I'm asking you mm. this. Huh? Conglomerations like the EU and and uh, America yes. don't just rely on private sector and government. Yes. No. Their private sector and academia yes. work hand in hand. Yes. Mm. So when you find somebody who's supposed to be a private sector negotiator, you do not know that just be that in the back room. Yes. The acad yes, the, the amount of academia that has gone that, into that it. That has That's gone true. into it before That's they true. actually make that presentation. That's true. And even with government, they have that same sort of backup. So yes. it's not someone who was given a job and feels that because they've got this job, they are now the person who is best placed to do that. Now, maybe in this country, we have that arrangement. I've not heard of it, so I don't know, so I cannot speak about it. But I'm asking these questions because when you talk about negotiations for agreements, yes. I'm looking at the recent past. Yes. And I'm looking at the the SGR. Yes. Those things are negotiated. Yes. I'm looking at this expressway. I'm looking at things we've done. Yes. The roads we've built. Yes. I'm looking at all these things and I'm wondering who was negotiating on our behalf? I have to ask that question because yes, we see a road. We see a railway. Mm -hmm. We see all that. Mm -hmm. But thereafter, the attendant benefits that are supposed to come with the amount of money that these projects have cost which should be reflected in the lives of people here and in mm -hmm. our economy, mm -hmm. one doesn't see it. So you ask the question, the people want to negotiate, what were they negotiating exactly? It's almost like you are taking words out of my mouth. City. I am, huh? You are. Oh. Let me tell you. Uh, we need. you heard what this guy said? That I'm yeah. taking words from his mouth. <laughs> All right? Let me return them then. Okay? <laughs> so we need to have a conversation about a developmental state. Government must take charge of development and take it seriously. You know, uh, he has his mistakes, but Paul Kagame of Rwanda seems to get things right. Mm. He's made some mistakes in the process, but he seems to get something right. We can learn examples from there. We need to talk about developmental state. For example? Rwanda, Dubai. Mm. You know, you have, you craft a vision in the country and everyone else aligns to that vision. You need alignment. So that all of us are working towards the same goal. But this idea, you know, uh, you have rent-seeking guys. Someone is coming in to discuss 
uh, at contract, but they are looking at what they'll pocket at the end of the day. You have others who are saying they want to get votes, so they are doing a project because they want to get votes. We need to have a national philosophy of what we want to do. You know something? You know, you can actually pocket money if you wish, and the country can still benefit. That's fine, yes. That's but true. That's very true. We don't seem to see that beyond mm. the infrastructure mm. that we supposedly negotiated yes. for. Okay? Yes. It's like we have the road, we have the railway, but we have more problems. Yes. So, that is why one has to question the people who went to negotiate on our behalf. What on earth were they negotiating? Or are we being unkind and that they had the job of negotiating, but they were incompetent? They were not the people who are best placed to negotiate for us. Two things. Either we have incompetent people or, you know, there's a, if you go into government, eh, there's a very big sense of importance. There's so much title. Mm. People like titles. Eh? So, I am the man. You know, so... You know, you cannot, even a junior can't question. And maybe that junior might have a much better understanding of those issues. Some but input. because the final authority is the guy on the chair mm. who has a red carpet in his office and you can't question him. That's the problem we have. The power of the pen. Yes. So we are getting into these negotiations. I mean, they are already progressing. They had started in the Trump administration. Yes. They changed. Do you think what and which, which of them is better? Which one? The Biden deal or the Trump deal? <sighs> Americans are the same, man. Democrats, The other Republican. one is a free trade agreement. Yes. This isn't a free trade agreement. Yes, this is a strategic trade and investment partnership. It's like, so the, the difference is yeah. you're negotiating maybe 40-50% of what you would have negotiated. So we just, we are taking just a smaller bit. Yes. Okay. But let me give you an example, for example, in agriculture. Mm. We are negotiating. Uh, let me tell you what happened in Mexico. Mm. The U.S. negotiated the North American Free Trade Agreement with Mexico and Canada. Yep. After implementing it for a while, two million Mexican farmers were put out of business. Mm -hmm. two, listen to that. Two million Mexican farmers were put out of business mm -hmm. and their land was taken over by American corporations who are basically consolidating that land. Mm -hmm. Is that what we want in this country? So did the agreement allow the american businessmen to, to invest in, in a no and, it's, it's basically it's you see the agreement was signed mm. but they never discussed the question of uh disciplining dumping yeah dumping is basically america gives a lot of subsidies america and canada they give a lot of subsidies to their farmers they do and because of that these farmers are able to sell they are selling at about 67 percent cheaper than the mexicans so someone brings a product to your country and they're able to sell their product 67 percent cheaper than you you mm. take but, some but, but, but done. I, I mean i'm not an economist but that those are what you call unfair trade agreements i mean surely yes it's unfair even it is from the get-go you don't <laughs> it need is. to be an economist it to is understand. it is yes so for me i know they're not so you're fearing that this could be another nafta yes we may not we may not be discussing we may not be discussing um market access mm. for the moment but let me tell you something else the agreement on agriculture that is at the world trade organization was written by a private company kajil you know about kajil you know kajil 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 depends on your english teacher yeah. so a company wrote the agreement on agriculture at the wto a private entity yes agreement with who that agreement is binding all countries that are members of the WTO, written by a private company. Yes, but again, I have to ask this question. 
the fact that it's written by a private uh, company, yes. are we then imputing that this private company wrote something that would be of benefit to them? Yes, Only. of course. Only. Of course. And there's evidence to support this. Yes. And everybody else was uh, blind to this. So developing countries are at a loss because they're implementing an agreement that was written with private sector interests at heart. You know, me, this private sector interest doesn't bother me very much. Not a big one. Let's Not really. I, I want to ask no, again. Who's private sector? Maybe that's what you should ask. I want to ask. Yes. 2023, 20, 24, 25. Yes. Uh, Agoa comes yes. to an end. Yes. You've said out of the 6,500 products that we had access to yes. for the last 25 years. Which only 11% we used. Yeah. Why did we use only 11%? Capacity. Whose capacity? Let me tell you. There's something called the agreement on sanitary and phytosanitary standards okay that's another animal that was written by the private sector in the u.s okay that agreement let me try to simplify it if a mzungu comes here and buys a banana from city market yeah he eats it directly mm -hmm. you don't even wash as long as he's in kenya yes okay. the mzungu has come here and bought the banana he okay. eats it just like the way Edgar would buy a banana yes. and eat it just right. the same way uh -huh. now if you now want to take that banana to the u.s yeah to export it to the US. Yeah. I'm not sure about the SPS requirement, but for example, one product requires that you treat it with methyl bromide mm -hmm. and store under negative 10 degrees Celsius. Okay. From farm to fork. Okay. Now, <laughs> meeting some of those requirements. So you're telling uh, a farmer, a farmer when you cut and easy, someone who's cut his banana, right. you're telling him, first of all, go purchase methyl bromide. Where will we find the methyl bromide? Mm -hmm. Then you're telling him, you need to freeze that product at negative 10 degrees all the way to the time it will arrive at the farm at, okay. and the person who's going to eat it. Yeah. It's impossible. Why is it impossible? No, it is not impossible, Edgar. Why is it impossible, Edgar? I'm not saying it's impossible, no. but I'm, what I'm trying to say w is What's the challenge? 23 years in the making. Yes. Why? And you know that this would then guarantee these farmers access to a wider market. Yes. Okay? Yes. Why has it not been done? Some of those requirements, you know, the other thing is the amount of time it takes to approve some of those accesses. So sometimes they use those rules to block. I'll give you an example. Namibia, when Hillary Clinton was uh, here mm. during AGOA, mm. I was the one who wrote the civil society report for the AGOA meeting. Mm -hmm. That was around 2009. Namibia was complaining. Namibia was saying they have been applying to start exporting beef to the United States for seven years. Okay. It has taken seven years to approve them to start exporting beef to the U.S. Okay. So sometimes they use Na these rules to block. So Namibia is now exporting beef through Agoa? I think so, yes. And Kenya? No. Why? We have not invested in... Oh, uh, God. See? Everything you are saying is actually possible. You yeah. know why? You are looking at this subsistence farmer who has a banana tree. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> instead of looking at the community that grows bananas yes. okay yes because if it's a community and you want to assist them mm. brother this is the 21st century you can get mobile refrigeration okay mm -hmm. meaning that minus whatever it is you want yes you can have a storage that can move and go there during harvesting season everything you're saying can be done i mean all this but it is, needs, if, it if, needs if, commitment if you think so about it, it okay. yeah commitment yes. and all if you think about it we are basically talking about even reducing post-harvest losses it yes. makes sure that yes one tree of banana and whatever bunch of bananas you get all of them can get to the market today ask any banana farmer in this country yes 
how much post harvest loss they endure it's significant how many mangoes get rotten in makueni and ukambani mm. how many just because you know so this, me, this uh, what i want to ask yes, is yes. this civil society that is yes. very active and saying no 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 we should not be negotiating directly with america we should yes. have gone through yes. africa we should yes. have gone through eac we yes. Why have you been in the last 25 years and not in fact looking at how we can improve this 11% to at least get to 50%? Yes. Now, very good question. The I think Maputo protocol requires that governments invest at least 10% of their national budget on agriculture. I don't know the figures now, but it's not 10%. So, you know, we are not implementers. We are the ones who can say, please government, make sure you invest at least 10% of the national budget. If you take 10% of national budget, it will be around 300 million. I'm not sure, 300 billion. Into 10%, agriculture. 10% of 3.6, yes. So 360 billion. Yeah. So, if government, I don't know what the budget for agriculture sector is, but if government should be investing about 360 billion shillings in the agricultural sector, we can be I mean, Makweni has proved to us formerly Governor Kibwana. He has proved to us that you can do it. You just need financial commitment and a um, good mindset to be able to do it. So, if yes. we negotiate with America directly, yes, and we put our ducks in a row, so yes. we will benefit. Yes. Instead of waiting for the It's day, not automatic. The day, Tanzania, the way, Uganda, credit, credit, now Somalia will yes. come in, South Sudan, until all of us agree and then go into the negotiation to his credit he's not coming here today we were supposed to meet him today ambassador david gasheru mm. there are people who have seen that vision so i spoke to ambassador david gasheru and he told me that the vision the reason why they do not want market access for the time being is to be able to grow the agricultural sector in kenya to be able to export to the us that is a vision it needs to be accompanied by action now he's an ambassador there If he's advising this government, I don't know if he's a negotiator or what. If he's advising this government, the next thing would be put your money where your mouth is. Let a pesa invest 360 billion Kenya shillings into the agricultural sector. Invest into the value chain. Get those farmers, invest in cold storage techniques and what not. Try to teach them to be able to meet American standards in terms of sanitary and SPS standards. Mm. Then you start exporting to the US. So for example, you're telling me Uh, I wish you was here. You're telling me that um organic salad. What on earth is that? No, just salad, the vegetables. Uh, oh, but the the organic the organic variety. Mm. Okay. It's a hot cake in New York. Forget even about the entire American. It's a hot cake in New York. So, assuming we train farmers who do organic farming and this is why we don't even need to do GMOs by the way. Mm. If we can be able to do just organic farming, organic farming and start growing the products that will be able to make a salad in New York mm. then we train small scale farmers and tell them start exporting to New York we train them and give them the necessary tools meat freezing uh, frozen trucks and what not we give them mm. then we train them and tell them if you want to export this is how you store it this is how you everything you, the entire process yeah. why can't we start exporting so that the next person who eats the salad in new york eats from kenya but edgar yes you know in 1960 yes people grew flowers just for aesthetic purposes and yes. their own interests we export flowers kenya we export yes yep. and for us to export it means we meet those standards mm. whenever i see something that is being done these complicated things we talk about um, what i read is yes. it's doable Somewhere along the line, there's a bottleneck that has been created, but it's doable. Siti mm. Muga, it's like 
it's almost like we discussed with you before we started having this conversation now there's something <laughs> look we are exporting we are exporting we are exporting to the eu <laughs> if we are exporting to the eu the eu exports its products to the us mm. if we are meeting eu standards we can also meet american standards. we are meeting no we are, not we can meet we are we meeting, are meeting. Them. Yeah. so it's a question the the, the term for that is called equivalence mm. It's called equivalence. So if we are meeting EU standards, mm. we are able to meet American standards. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep track of what will be happening this week. We hope to invite you maybe at the end of this. Eh? Yes. Come with a list of who our negotiators are. Who the negotiators <laughs> bring all those negotiators. Are, all those let's just... negotiate this thing with them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Let's bring them here. Edgar Odari is the executive director of Econews Africa. We've been talking about the proposed Kenya-USA strategic trade and investment partnership. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.